Welcome back to Tea Time Podcast. On today's episode, we'll start off with the World Baseball Classic that is approaching quickly. Recap Super Bowl, obviously, as well as USC 284. And then we'll move into college basketball and get our picks and end the show. So with that, quiet on the tee, please. It's time to get started. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. Tea Time Pod is back. It's been a long two weeks. Gary's been in Mexico for the past week, not responding to any of my texts, calls, Instagram DMs, anything. He completely ghosted me to the point where I almost called the Mexican police because I thought he may have been kidnapped. Uh, however, he's back and somewhat well, battling an illness. That's why I didn't record on Monday. But Gary, how are you feeling? Next time, Jarrett, I would appreciate if you maybe don't call the Mexican police. I almost feel like that would make the situation worse. I'm I, not totally Well, I positive. did it. I said I almost did. I was just getting really scared. Oh, that's fair. I appreciate appreciate your concern. Um, yeah. I did catch something in the airport, I would assume. Felt fine on the way back. Felt fine the first couple of days back. And as recently, I am deathly ill. As you can hear, I sound horrible. And this is probably going to be a painful podcast for them to listen to. But I'm battling. We need to get an episode back out. We're getting back. And I promise you, I put this on my grave, on myself. Everybody needs to hold me to it. Tea Time Podcast will be done the right way. It will be here for you to listen to two times a week, whether that be Monday, Thursday, like it's planned to be, or if it gets pushed around a little bit, you will hear us twice. That was beautiful, Gary. But that's true. This podcast is for the people, by the people. Absolutely. With that, Absolutely. let's move into the World Baseball Classic. Baseball! Is back. For the fans who don't know, you want to give us a breakdown of what the World Baseball Classic is? This is the fifth World Baseball Classic being played. Was supposed to be played 2022. Um, COVID-19 pushed that back for whatever reason. This is the biggest field. Expanded from 16 to 20 this year. There's four pools, five teams in each. USA is in Pool A along with Mexico, Colombia, Canada, Great Britain. All those games will be played at Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona, with USA's first game against Great Britain on March 11th at 10 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Now, I know that is right before March Madness starts. So, I mean, that's just going to get me pumped. It's perfect. A little segue before the tournament, and then it carries right into MLB season. Yep. Uh, Pool D, I just want to highlight, has that Dominican Republican Republic team and Puerto Rico teams in them. Uh, along with Venezuela, Israel, Nicaragua. That's played in Miami at Lone Depot Park. So I wanted to bring that up because the chipper is also played in Miami, which the four previous have been played on the west coast of the U.S. But I think this important part because one of the three favorites, along with the United States, is Dominican Republic. So that could play... A big role, right? Yep. Oh, you know, in Miami, maybe get a little home field advantage for those guys over there. That team is loaded. Yeah. I'm excited to watch the young players play, and then they brought some legends on these teams. Oh, yeah. The Dominican Republic has Jeremy Pena from the Astros, stud. Kento mm-hmm. Marte from the D-backs, stud. Then you got Vladdy Jr., Blue Jays, obviously, stud. Wander Franco, Rays, stud. Devies from the Sox, stud. Dog. Willie Adames, Brewers, stud. Then you got the legends nelson cruz robbie cano yeah you know oh yeah manny machado's also there like julio rodriguez is there the young stud like these guys are loaded juan soto's there i i mean them united states japan the favorites to win it japan is the only two-time winner winning it in 2006 and 2009 obviously the u.s took home the gold in 2017 the last one played at dodger stadium against puerto rico Marcus yep. Stroman put on an absolute clinic of a game, throwing six, a six-inning no-no after giving up a double to start the seventh, then being pulled. They ended up winning eight nothing. I mean, absolute performance. They just showed they just showed why we're here, who we are. Hopefully, hopefully it comes again this year. I mean, I'm excited. So yeah, this is basically the baseball Olympics since they axed baseball from the Olympics back in like oh five oh six whenever it was, 
And it's been a couple of years. 2017 was the last one, right? Yeah, 2017 yeah. was the last one. So I'm excited for this to get back. Um, this has a little bit, I, I mean, not effect or anything like that, but pitchers and catchers uh, report if you're playing in the World Baseball Classic, they were reporting the 13th. Um, if they didn't play in the World Baseball Classic, they're reporting the 15th through the 17th. So, And this is MLB pitchers reporting for spring training. Yep, sorry. Sorry, I guess. Thank you, Jerry. Gotcha. Good podcasting. Yep. Good podcasting. Some notes on that, too. I don't know if you've been seeing, but the Rangers' new ace, DeGrom. He's hurt. Left hip tightness. No, he's fine. Just working off the rust. He will not be pitching his first bullpen in spring training. Also, I don't know if you've seen Frankie Montas of the Yankees. Yep. They acquired him from the A's last yes, year. Yes, sir. He's going to be out for the season. I didn't see surgery. that. Oh, really? That's a bummer. He's a dog, too. He is a dog. And that, that was one of the, I mean, I don't want to say key players in the trade, but definitely one that they needed after giving up Montgomery and stuff. You mm-hmm. know, that was one that they were relying on to help them piggyback them through the playoffs, which you see how that ended. But that was a, supposed to be a good starter for them in the rotation. Yeah. Sucks. It sucks. Injuries suck all the time. It'll be interesting to see how the Yankees pick up their rotation. Yes, it will be. So to round that out, World Baseball Classic pool play, March 7th through the 15th. I will. Jerry will. We will bring this up again when it gets closer to remind you guys again, go support the U.S., baby. Yeah, is that who you're picking to win it? I'm going to go U.S. to win it. Okay, good. I was going to say, we got to be American. Okay. You got to. Good. All right, move this on to Super Bowl. Super weekend. What a game, Jer. It was a great game. One of the most entertaining oh. NFL games I've watched in a long time. That's what everybody's saying, too. It was definitely a classic. What a game. Back and forth battle. Yeah. That's what that's what everybody was expecting. I mean, I say expecting, but you never know what actually is going to happen in the Super Bowl. I wanted a back and forth. I wanted high scoring. 38-35 is about as high scoring as it gets, especially in an NFL game. Yep. I'll take that. I'll take that every day of the week. I thought it I thought it definitely lived up to expectations, even though oh, no, I sure. wanted the Bengals in there Sorry. or even the Niners, but I, I thought it was a good game. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. I couldn't complain at all. Philly looked good. Jalen Hurts looked good. Jalen Hurts looked like the man. He was the man. He didn't look like the man. He was the man. I can imagine what Aiden Patrice... Uh, well, I could imagine what he was feeling after the loss and whatnot. I feel bad. My condolences. But I can imagine what he's feeling now. I mean, Jalen Hurts proved that he is literally one... like. He's up there. Yeah. He is a dog. Yep. 27 for 38 with 300 yards. Finished with four tuds, three rushing, and he ran in the two-point conversion. The only blemish he had was the fumble to start the second quarter that you know, was picked up and returned by the Chiefs to tie the game at 14, which you don't want to say momentum changer because, it, I mean, it really wasn't because then the Eagles got the ball back, walked right back down the field and scored mm-hmm. to make it 21-14. But the Chiefs are coming off of a three and out, and then the drive before that, they had the missed field goal. So they go missed field goal, three and out. Philly gets the ball back after scoring their first two possessions, and it's like, oh, here we go. You know, we could take this 21-7 to lead, and then you get the false start on the um, QB sneak. Mm-hmm. Just lean to the head, and that was going to be a first down. I mean, the Eagles have done it all year. They did it all game, that game even. And then move back, and then Jalen fumbles. Tough play. Um, that's just what happens when you make plays. You, I, you can't even really, like, that's, obviously, it's a huge blemish, but at the same time, it's like, he still scored four touchdowns. Yeah. He got a game. But credit to the guy he on the other great. side of the field, Patrick Mahomes. I, I want to know what happened in the locker room at halftime. I want to know what was injected into that man, what was given, because he came out unaffected in the second half. <laughs> What is it, like Tortorol or something like that too? That is that what they like the high painkiller? Anyways, that was definitely injected right into the ankle too. You know, oh, yeah. just right to the spot. I think he could have snapped his femur and he wouldn't even noticed. He wouldn't have blinked. He yeah, looked he unaffected was by his ankle game. in the second half. He played perfect. Perfect. At the time when he got MVP, okay. well, he did though. No picks, no turnovers. Like I said, only turnover of the game was the Hurts fumble. Yeah, Mahomes, no picks, no fumbles. Twenty-one for twenty-seven. He only had one hundred eighty-two yards, but. Has the three tuds, does what need needed to be done for the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid couldn't ask for no. a better, you know, play caller behind. Nope. The Chiefs come out in the second half after Mahomes is high as a kite, and they go four for four on their four drives in the second half with three touchdowns and the game winning field goal. Yeah. 
Tough to beat. Can't, tough to yeah, beat a team. You can't ask for much yeah. more. It's just Andy Reid. It just goes to show Andy Reid is just such a dog. Like one of the best coaches of all time. I mean, he is. He is. He is that I th- guy. I think you. I think you could put that there now. Um, I always just like to think back. Mahomes has been a starter for five years, and he took the starting position from Alex Smith, who the year that he sat behind him, Alex Smith was balling, absolutely balling. And then when it was given to Patrick Mahomes, it was kind of like an eyebrows raiser, like after Alex Smith is doing all that. And then, of course, Smith comes to Washington, puts Washington in a great position, looks like we're going to be rolling into the playoffs, and then snapped the femur. One of the worst leg injuries. Felt bad for the guy. Felt bad for myself. As no, you I should. don't feel bad for myself ever. No, you should. <laughs> it happens. No. But Chiefs, Super Bowl champion again. Dynasty question mark? Maybe. I mean, two out of the last four, and they were in it three out of the last four, losing to Tampa a couple of years ago. With Patrick Mahomes back there and Andy Reid coaching and Travis Kelsey on the squad, I don't know if you could ever count them out. It's like a – is it like a Tom Brady Gronk, do I say? Do I dare say? Just a three-man team? You only need those three? No. But with I mean, Brady three. Brady did get carried by his defense most years, most Super Bowls, and I think about it. <laughs> no, don't come after me. Actually, come after me. Come after me. But the bigger performance of the night, Rihanna at half, Jared. Would Talk to me. Oh, it's the only part of the game I what paid attention to. No, I'm kidding. But it was amazing. I thought I thought it was done well. I seen a couple of people talk about her lip syncing. Remember, maybe not. Who cares? Point. She was suspended so high. I, I couldn't sing up there. I'd be trembling. Afraid everybody I'm knows off. it. Thank you. And yeah. everybody knows it's it's lip sync. Anyways, like it's yeah. not like it matters. It's not like oh, is she singing? Like no. no. Who's gonna sing? Like you can't mess up. Yeah. I thought you know what you know what somebody said it looked like. Jared, you're gonna love this. The Super Mario Bros. The tier level. You know, you know how they had like the three tiers, and then you know in the Super Mario Smash Bros. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you could throw each other <laughs> off the tiers, <laughs> and it did look like that. It did. No, yeah, she no, killed it. Oh, yeah, and the revealing of a second kid. Okay, I, I'd for because people kept saying she's pregnant. I was like, no, she gave birth. I didn't see the bump, but that's what I said. Yeah, that I didn't. I had no idea. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, and I, for I some thought people I were being like stupid, she, but I was the one being stupid. So that. I thought stuff. she just had the kid, like, as a reason. Literally. Okay, yeah, me too. But, okay, I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Yep. But, yeah, second one with Rocky, probably two of the most beautiful mm-hmm. childs ever to be born are going to oh, yeah. be. Well, what did you think of the Super Bowl commercials, Jer? I honestly didn't pay too much attention to them, but I'll tell you which ones I hated, and it was the 2B one with the rabbit. That thing gave me nightmares of him kidnapping people and throwing them in a hole. I did not like that one. Was that the same one where like like it showed the announcers and then it oh it, no. it like showed oh no okay. that one had people that one, mad I heard dude I I, I I didn't know it was a commercial until the next day oh really I seen it I seen what? it on Instagram and Brady sent it to me he's like dude this was a commercial or something I'm like oh my because in the moment like it happened and I panicked and all of us panicked and I looked and I'm like who's on the remote who's on the remote I'm like Melman and I grabbed Melman and the remote's underneath him. And then so I hurry up and I just grab the other remote because I have the two remotes, the Amazon Fire Stick and whatnot, and I just go back to it. And I'm like, oof, we didn't miss anything, thank gosh. Because like by the time we got it back up, it was just coming back. Quick side note, Melman is a dog. He's not just grabbing people and throwing them around. And oh, he's yeah. not just grabbing his dog and throwing them around either. But No, of course not. Yeah, Melly is. Smelly Melly is my boy. But I literally was so confused. Like I was, all of us were lost. None of yeah. us had an idea it was a commercial because we all. I just panicked and right away I just grabbed the Fire Stick and started changing it. And then... At the end of the night, Simba was laying in the bedroom, and Brady went in there and seen the remote was underneath there. He goes, oh, it was Simba. So we literally oh, thought no. it was, wasn't was a commercial the That's whole night. That's awesome. So that was that was kind of classic. Yeah, that yep. one had me up in flames. <laughs> the videos of people, like, throwing couch, like, the couch yeah. cushions and stuff everywhere. Was I, was, so I wasn't watching it on a smart TV, so I knew I, mean, I knew it wasn't real because you can't, you can't, like, do that when it's just a normal well, cable, so... And there's not even a button for that, so I was being just an idiot, anyways. Yeah, and but I was, even then on I smart started, TVs, that's fair because like that stuff happens. Yeah, well, and that's why I thought that did happen. And I look, and I then Kennedy had like had her hands underneath the blanket, and she was like laughing mm-hmm. because it was funny. Because everybody, <laughs> I was panicking in sheer panic because I couldn't miss a play, and so I was like lifting the blanket off her. Like, did you change the channel? You have the remote, and I'm like calling her out. And she's like, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was a. 
Definitely. I mean, that's a classic commercial. Didn't know it was a commercial at the time, but that's hilarious. Um, yeah, but those other ones can get lost. Those are horrible. Nightmare for I you. didn't think they were great. Um, everybody's favorite, probably, I would assume, especially all the women in the world, Miles Teller. That was M- Most men, too. Like that, that, that was one of my good. Yeah, that was that a good was one. Awesome. That was a good Bud Light commercial. Other than that, I guess I didn't pay... I, I didn't pay as much attention as I usually do, I guess, to the commercials. I had a we had a great spread here, so I was just eating food. Oh yeah, the whole time. So, I guess let the critics talk about the commercials. The game was good. Yep. So great Super Bowl. Chiefs win thirty eight thirty five after the game. Patrick Mahomes interview. Lucky enough to have him on the podcast right here. Patrick, how are we feeling? I mean, you know, I I feel great right now. I'm high as a kite. Whatever they gave me in that in that uh. Locker room, I I feel great. I'm ready to roll. I I could still throw for some touchdowns if I need be. And if Travis come, Andy Reid just a hell of a coach, and Travis Kelsey coming across the middle, I'll find him anytime, anywhere. Don't matter if I have one leg or two legs. I was in no way ready for that. I did not think you could do that this good. <laughs> I'm crying. Okay, all right. I think with that we wrap up the Super Bowl. Gary, UFC 284. You watched it this weekend. I didn't. What do you have to say about it? I gotta catch my breath. Amazing. Way better than the Brazil card. Australia showed up, showed out like they usually do, and I don't have anything much else to say. It was a great card. Um, for those of you that had the chance to watch, I think everybody can be pleased with what they heard, what they saw. And when I say what they heard, you could hear the whole crowd. Bolt came out to Down Under. And the whole crowd was singing it. Like it like it almost sounded like they paused the music and they just finished it and you could tell Volk was feeling it. Like he was riding the wave, pointing at the crowd and everything, like he was ready to roll. And then, you know, Islam gets booed, which fair. I mean, that's fair. You're coming into someone's home country for a belt. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I thought the main event was a great fight. I I think the judges might have got this one wrong. I and me being a UFC judge myself, certified. Mm-hmm. I can go ahead and say that. Uh, Jer, I think you would have been... I don't want to say you would have been astonished because either way, you could have probably been like, oh, yeah, I guess he won that fight. But Volk... Oh, you're getting the insider. Insider Gary coming to you. Volk was literally going to the ground with Islam and, and coming out like that. You don't do... That's like going to the ground with Khabib or something. Like Khabib and Islam, they're in the same you know, the same realm. He was asking to go to the girl. Like he was literally, he he took he actually went to a went for a takedown a couple times on Islam. And then when he was on the ground once in like the fourth or fifth round, I can't I think it was the fourth, Bulk turned to Islam's corner and was like, Did you want my back? And he turned and gave him his back. And you never give it no matter how good of a fighter anyone else is, like you just don't want to give the back, obviously, for obvious so reasons. You're you're giving him extra kudos for that then. I mean, that was awesome. That was just a plus, but then he got out of that. So he gave him his back. He's Fighting the rear naked chokehold, turns, gets out of that, gets up, and the whole crowd is loving it, right? Like he's doing, he's giving the whole hang loose and his th- and his tongue out and everything on the ground with Islam, which is a dog. I thought he knocked him down a couple times. Islam did knock down Volk too, so those are kind of matched there. I could see where the judges gave it to Islam because of Islam taking Volk down. He did take him down a couple times, even though Volk got up. He had some minutes of control time on the ground, which is key. It's just hard. I mean, it's hard anyways for Volk to jump up in a weight class. Mm -hmm. But it's even harder to go to the ground with someone that is that good at wrestling like Khabib. You know, in the same camp or we're in the same camp really tight. Khabib's dad and Islam. I mean, that was always the pride and joy. It it wasn't going to be Khabib. It was going to be Islam. Um, Islam kind of showed that. I thought we needed we needed to run it back. I thought it was a great fight, but that was just to round out the card. Every fight leading up to it was awesome too. Like it was it was not just the main event. Like the co-main, you had the triangle choke, and that was Yair Rodriguez, who's now gonna step up and get a title fight against Volk, who I I still think Volk's gonna run through him because Volk is just that elite. And funny enough, the Volk versus Islam was supposed to be the pound for pound number one versus number two for the number one ranking. The ranking just came out and Volk is still number one, even though he lost. So it's all just pish posh pound for pound is anymore. I feel like, um, it's like the AP poll, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just think that, uh, 
Volk's going to run through Yair. Even though Yair looked good, got his, got the triangle choke. Um, that was a good fight. Yair called his shot. Volk, even though he even said at the end of the interview, uh, after the fight, that, you know, Yair's going to get his shot now, even though that he felt he won that fight. Um, there was some battering going back and forth between Islam and Volk. After the fight, Islam and Volk both said they rewatched it back. Volk thought he won three rounds, two. And then Islam said something dumb, like, you only, I only seen you win one minute or something. And it was like, yeah, that's false, but... You know, you have to you have to kind of back yourself up. Oh yeah, for sure. Another absolute dog fight was Jimmy Crew and Alonzo Manyfield. This was the start of the main card, chair. Oh my gosh. Jimmy Crew looked like a walking zombie. He got hit probably seven times to where his eyes were looking up, down, side to side, and every every which way and having no idea where he was. Like it literally would have taken a flick to knock him out. Like the first two rounds were so insane that he got like he got hit and he's doing the stanky leg, do the stanky leg, and I'm like, what is going on? I'm screaming at the TV. Me and Brady are up at the TV screaming like, just hit him one more time, <laughs> and then Crute somehow battles battles back. But then the third round was kind of atrocious. They were both so dog tired that they're like, it looked like like polar bears like fighting like, and they're just like laying on each other, and I'm like, oh my god. And then it got called, or it ended up being a draw because Manyfield in the third. Crew was actually going for a takedown. He would have had it. Manyfield grabbed onto the fence. The fence stopped the takedown. Uh, I think it was Mergalata. Mer- might have been Dan Mergalata Mer- calling it. I can't remember the referee, but stopped the fight right there. Grabbed him. Deducted a point. Good. I, it was a good call. It, w- it would could have changed the fight. Could have ended the fight. It did change the yeah. fight. Um, so it ended up being a draw because Menafield did win the first two. They'll run it back at the post fight. They were both respect for each other. They said, you know, we're running it back next fight. So I'm excited to see that one again. That was an awesome fight. 284 definitely lived up. I would say lived up to expectations. I think the UFC could have better done a better job, like Islam said, at promoting it. They didn't do very much. I mean, there was you barely saw anything on Twitter. I was gonna say like, things. did you see anything that was like? Yeah. Usually, if it's number one pound for pound versus number two pound for pound, like you would, it should have been yeah. like months of promoting, right? I think like the big only thing promotion. I saw is like when you hop on ESPN on your phone, they'll throw like the big banner up that you have to X out of. That was probably the only thing I saw. I don't even know if I saw anything on Instagram about yeah. until after the fight. Right. And is that Islam even said that before the fight? Like he was pretty upset yeah. with the UFC's job of promoting. And I agree with him. I, I didn't think it was promoted well. I thought it could have been promoted better. And it was a great fight, like all mm-hmm. five rounds. There was never a boring second. But like I said, it was crowd was into it. You got the it's done out of the whole crowd. You know, Buffer killed it. It was awesome. Great card. Looking forward to this weekend. It's just a fight night. Jessica Andrej versus Aaron Blanchfield. So main main fight is a woman's fight. Aaron Blanchfield. Put this on the book right now, Jer. Put this on the book. On the book? She will like be. you're betting it? No, I'm not going to bet it. Because, well, I, oh. I would bet it if I could. She will be a champion. Come soon. Okay. She noted. is an absolute dog. And this is going to be a great fight. Andrea just stepping in. I can't remember who who dropped out. It was supposed to be Blanchfield versus... Oh, forgive me. I can't remember who it was. But she's, she just stepped in. As everybody knows, she was... I don't know if everybody knows. I shouldn't say that. She was the flyweight women's champion. She lost it to Valentina in 2021. So this is mm-hmm. a previous champion. Like, this this is going to show Aaron Blanchfield's skills. Um, she's still super young. She only She's 10-1. and one, And Jessica has 35 fights to her 11. So we'll see if that plays a factor. This is Aaron's fifth fight in the UFC. Her last fight was against Molly McCann, who everybody knows, Meatball Molly. Meatball Molly is just a classic human being. She got worked in that fight, arm bars and everything. Don't know if she stayed as long as she could. But I don't know. Blanchfield just, she's one of those fighters that you kind of just watch. She's so clean with it. Like yep. she's just clean with her, with her stand up and you get her on, and she gets on the ground. She, I mean, she'll sub you in seconds. Should be a good fight. I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. You know, you don't, fight nights are always, I, I think that fight nights can actually be very entertaining in, you know, if you're not really watch UFC a ton, you probably have never watched a fight night because it's not a pay per view. You know what I mean? But I, yep. if you have ESPN you Plus, well, they're not they're not pay per view. They're free. Exactly. If you have ESPN Plus, tune in because uh, you won't 
you won't be disappointed, I don't think, come Saturday night. Jordan Wright is the co-main, the Beverly Hills Ninja. Now, if you got a nickname like that and you get your <laughs> rear end kicked in, you should just call it a Where's this? Where's this fight night at? This yeah. one is in Vegas. They're they're all at the oh, Apex. Perfect. Close, close to home. Yeah, the Apex is yeah the Apex is lit though. I actually kind of want to go to a fight there. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, Jordan Wright, <laughs> Bush is gonna laugh at that Beverly Hills Ninja. When that came up the first time we watched him fight, we were watching at the seven oh three. I was crying when they announced him as the Beverly Hills Ninja. I was like, stop it, this is not no stop it. But he is one and four in his last five. And he's got knocked out three out of the last five and then subbed one. So he's due. He's due. He's either due or Dana's Uncle Dana's looking at him like, hey, you know, like you better start, you know, fighting. Maybe we should get rid of that nickname. You might have a chance. <laughs> I don't know. Big dog. That's the co main. Other than that, the only other names on there, William Knight. He's just an absolute dog in the UFC. Been there, done that. He's the second fight to start the main card. Then Jim Miller who I think holds the most appearances in an octagon now. I think. I Don't quote me on that. He's close. He's top two. I know that. Because me and T watched uh, What's-His-Name do it in retire in last July. But Jim Miller starts off the main card as a dog. Other than that, this is a name that I have no idea how to pronounce. But you should watch this fight. It will be very early in the card. So the prelims start at two o'clock. This will this is mm-hmm. the third fight on, so it'll be it'll be like three, three thirty. So if you're just gonna watch one fight, watch this one. It's like Ovince Saint Pru. Ovince Saint Pru. Light heavyweight. Dude is an animal. He is so big, he is scary. Like I don't even know what to, I mean he's two he's only two and three in his last five. So he's lost to the champion three fights ago. And then lost after that again, but then got back up on the horse, got the W, looking forward to him to try to get back rolling again this weekend. I just want you to look at him when he steps in the octagon because he is just a specimen of a human being. It's it's astonishing, Jer. That's all I got to say about that. But should be a good card, hopefully. Just a little fight night, a little freebie. Okay. And that's UFC 284 and the fight night for this upcoming weekend. Gary, you ready to roll into some college hoops? Let's do it. Let's talk some hoops. All right, well, going back to this weekend, believe it or not, on Super Bowl Sunday, there was college basketball being played, and one of those games was Purdue, the number one team at Northwestern. Purdue ended up losing this game. They're now on a two-game road losing streak, so two games on the road. They've lost straight, and they head to Maryland tomorrow, which would be a great game to watch. I don't really want to talk about this game much. Other Same thing. It's been happening. Home teams keep winning, but I do want to talk about Northwestern. They lost two of their four top scores in the offseason. That's Pete Nancy went to North Carolina and Ryan Young who went to Duke and they finished last season 15 and 16 overall 7 and 13 in conference. They were projected 11th in the Big Ten this year and they're right now they're 18 and 7 and 9 and 5 in conference. So they're already sitting ahead of their pace from last year. Love that. And have a chance to make a deep run in March. I think Chris Collins, a Northwestern's coach, he's Big Ten coach of the year. I think that's undoubtable. But I just wanted to highlight that team. Keep your eye on them. They're hosting number 14, Indiana, tonight. That game is in play, in fact, as we're recording at 7.34 tonight. And whoa, whoa, whoa. 7.34 p.m. on the clock is what I'm reading. 7.34 left in the first half. Jer, how, look at that. That's actually wild. That's crazy. They're up on North, up on Indiana, 23 to 12. Home teams win. Home teams teams win. win. That's so true. Moving on with that, yeah, let's talk about some home teams winning. Texas Tech. Drop Texas on Tuesday, number six oh, Texas. Absolute pain. Oh yeah, wait, Gary, you have something to say about that game? I don't know why ever, ever, I bet on anything Texas athletic sports. It is the biggest choke of all time. Nothing no. compares. No, you bet against the Texas Tech Red Raiders is what you did wrong. What did I tell you? That's fair. In Lubbock, two home teams win, but Texas Tech is special. At home. They're not just going to win. They're special. Jer, they look... 2-0 in the last two at home. They're here's the thing is, they look good, too. They did look good. Like, yeah. it's not like Texas looked... Harmon dropped, like, 30-some or something. He was yeah. crying afterwards, which was a bit excessive. It's just a regular season conference game. It's <laughs> calmed down. Probably still not going to make the tournament, but... 
It'd be, I think if they won out, I think if they won out, they could make it. But you're asking a lot. I think they're pretty sure they got a pretty tough schedule. To well, they could out. win the Big Twelve tourney too. That's true. Get an automatic. I mean, pick. they just took down Texas. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but that was pain. I could have could have really used Texas to win that yeah. game. The Longhorns. You know, nothing was falling for them. I felt I couldn't get anything to fall. Rice can hit a three. No one could hit a free throw. Mm-hmm. But Texas Tech was being absolute dogs on the defensive end. So shout out to Jared for the Texas Tech Raiders. Hopefully everybody's paying out, paying attention to that. Best team in the Big Twelve. <laughs> but moving on, home teams that are winning. Syracuse snuck out a win against NC State last night. That was a great game. Me and Scam, shout out Scam J. We're on opposite ends. I had NC State. He had Syracuse. I think Syracuse got a little lucky in that win, but hey, home teams win. That's all I have to say about that one. Another one, Stanford knocked off number four Arizona on Saturday. Penn State controlled the whole game against Illinois last night, and they were three-point underdogs. Oklahoma knocked off Kansas State last night. Which is a tough look for Kansas State. May I just intervene? They're getting beat by 14. I understand it's at Oklahoma, but Oklahoma being 2-10 going into that game in the Big 12 conference play and getting their third win against the number 12 ranked team by 15 i could see if a little closer right i would hope yeah no case. that's that's a that's a bad loss for kansas state for tough sure. look that's kind of what point look. i wanted to get to so like i think looking at all these home teams winning and like moving into march when you start doing your um, bracket fill outs if you're looking back at games any home victory i'd say in conference play we'll say by seven points or less i wouldn't place that value that high of a value on, on that win. If it's by, for sure, if it's by five points or less, like, I mean, that's, that's like, fair. A, I'd re- rule that as a tie. So, like, when you're looking to fill out your brackets, this is just my advice. You don't have to follow me. But Jer has had a perfect bracket, haven't you, Jer? Only twice, but yeah. Yeah, that's fair. When no, I but started I think. started in the final four. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually good advice. Um, I'm serious. Like, it's so hard to win on the road, especially in, like, the hostile environments, like the Big 12, for example. Oh. <sighs> People show up to those games. This isn't no Horizon League. This isn't Conference USA. This is yo. Sorry for just yeah. I love I love those conferences. I'm just saying though, like these games, like I agree. They've got the fans. They've got the fans. So so piggybacking on top of that, if you are looking back and you're doing your research, Jer telling you home conference games wins by five or less. You know, don't place too big of a weight on those. But if you have an away win, I don't care if it's by one. I don't care if it's by 55. An away conference win is a big win. I think that's something that you wait on, um, like Jared was touching on, especially a Big 12 away win or even an SEC away win. Like These are games they have to get up for, and they have to play real hard, and they have to battle to get Mm -hmm. through. Yep. Speaking of that, I'm just looking at the scorecard for tonight. Number 10, Tennessee just knocked off number one, Alabama at home. <laughs> this game, though, I no. was all about Tennessee. Yep. They did. Don't tell me you had Alabama. Dang. No, I didn't have I didn't have Alabama. I just like Alabama. Alabama's first time being king of the hill in 20 years in basketball, being at that number one spot. And, they earned it. Was and they'll be fine. Special. They lost by nine, which I didn't get to watch this game, so I'm not going to say much on that. But I think this game was all Tennessee. They had to, they had to respond. They lost two straight games on buzzer beaters they lost the first game against Vanderbilt on a buzzer beaters Tyron Lawrence from the corner that was a cold shot not much Tennessee could do there like you got to give all the respect to Vanny there but in the second game against Mizzou DeAndre Golson floater from the logo just money that was a tough loss for Tennessee I can't remember if they played those games at those locations or if they're at home I'm pretty it was at Vandy I remember that one and I think the other one was at Mizzou too I thought, no, I thought those were at home. No, the Mizzou one was at home. The Mizzou one was at home. I was going to say, I know the Mizzou one was at Vanderbilt. The Mizzou, that Mizzou shot was cold though, Jer. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, that was a good shot, but. No, that was cold. Imagine ice in an arena with that shot to win the game. Oh. The Vandy one though, like, I mean, that's a, that's a high percentage shot. Not high percentage, but you are way more likely to hit an open three from the quarter. But that, that that Mizzou one, that was a dagger. No, that was so sick. I'm glad Tennessee won this game. And had we recorded last night, I have in my notes here, I said, I think it's the best thing to happen to Tennessee. You know, everyone keeps saying it's classic Rick Bournes. They're just going to blow it in the tournament, lose early. They needed these two losses. They needed to get some dirt on them because now they're going to respond better. They know what it, they know what it feels like to hurt, and they don't want that pain anymore. I think I think this is good for them moving forward. I can see Tennessee making a deep run in the tourney. And I okay. think that's a result from those two buzzer beater losses. 
I agree that I, I could see him making a deep run attorney. Rick Barnes' team is all about defense. The Tennessee Volunteers play tough, hard-nosed defense. And no, we're not talking football. Yep. We're talking basketball. Like they, they are brutal to you on the ball. Like brutal. That's how they win games. So giving up 86 to Missouri, I don't, I don't, I don't want to call it a fluke because Missouri was hitting, you know, tough shots. Not like Tennessee's defense just completely fell off, but that doesn't happen often, right? They don't give up 86 yep. to like a team like Missouri. Yep. So this was a big win, holding Alabama to 59. I think 20, like 20 points in the, or sorry, 30 points in each half is, you know, I mean that that's what there's that's what Rick Barnes is looking for. That's what Tennessee's looking for, trying to get trying to get it done on both ends. Their yep. defense definitely uh, plays a big part in how well their offense plays. I know it sounds dumb, but that's every everybody talks about it. Offense plays off a of defense. For defense is playing hard, your offense is going to come along, and that's what it looked like in the first half from just what I saw. Oh, you got to watch a little sneak of that. I didn't get to see any of it. I watched a little bit of it. It's, uh, not a ton of it. I was kind of getting prepared for everything. Uh, another game going on right now, though, is in the Big 12 as well that I should probably throw on after this cause only five minutes left in the first half is TCU-Iowa State at Iowa State. That's a top 25 matchup. Let's talk yeah. about Louisville hanging with Virginia. 13-point oh. underdogs. You know they had a strike once this season. You didn't know oh when it was my coming. But they're, they're, they're not completely dead. They may look like it most nights, but they've got a little life. Well, here's the thing is after Virginia lost when they were the one seed in the tournament becoming the first ever, I've, I just don't think they – you like you – you can recover, but you don't fully recover. Like that'll always stick. That'll stick with you forever. That's it's true, just but as I think that. I mean that's a bad thing and a good thing. I don't think Tony Ben will ever let that happen again. That's and I fair. think his teams will make good runs. I mean, they might not have been great the last couple of years or last year. Can't remember about two years ago, but they're good this year. And I think that's another team who could cause problems in March. Watch out for. I them. mean, they'll be a two seed or something. But so. I know we talked a little bit hey, about some games. Wait, wait, wait. One oh. more thing. Highlight this. I'm just going to drill this in the listeners' brains. Where was that game played at? Which one? The Louisville game. Louisville. It's played at Louisville. Yep. Home teams succeed. Home teams. Not, well, almost succeed. Well, in Louisville's back case, I think losing by three is a win. Well, going off of that, oh, it's definitely a win for them this year. One and 14 or something in conference mm-hmm. play and like three wins yeah, overall. It's Atrocious. It's ugly. Providence against Creighton yesterday. Double OT game. Did you catch it, Jer? That game was... Oh, yeah. I only caught the overtimes, but that was crazy. Oh, that game was insane. Home teams win, like Jer said. They ended up winning by eight in double double OT, but Mm -hmm. wow. They needed... Devin Carter put on a show. Put on a clinic. I'm just going to say this, though. At the end of of regulations, Hopkins not even getting a shot up after they call the timeout, get a play drawn up, with like seven yeah. seconds left, and then he doesn't even put up a shot. Like, just, dude, throw it behind your head if you have to. When the clock's up, I mean, just throw it behind your head. Who cares? Yeah, he threw I mean, the it ball was tied away. though, so they knew they knew at least it was going to overtime. If he would have done that and they like they were down one or something, I would have had way more of a problem with it. But he didn't have a good look. He could have just tried to jack something but up. But that's what I'm saying. You're tied. Nothing hurts you, right? That's like true. you're not. Yeah, he could have maybe drawn a foul. Yeah, yeah. Don't even matter if it's a bad shot or a good shot. Just put something up for sure. No, but that was a good game. Providence ended up did pulling away from Creighton. Another one in the Big East tonight. Marquette gets the win at home. One point dub over Xavier. I like Marquette. What's up? I love him. This is so good. Shaka. This is where Shaka belongs. The spotlight was too much at Texas. Oh, I love him. But it was just too much at Texas. Like one of these, not saying Marquette's a small school, but you know, not as prominent as Texas. It's I think it's great for him. This program's going to succeed for years to come. Can't wait to see where they go. But that line was seven. They snuck yeah, away with seven. one. So. Only snuck away with one. So if you Marquette favored, favored by seven, yeah. Look good. Look good there. Good basketball being played as of late. Coming down the stretch, heading into March. It's going to be quicker than you know it. So you do yeah. your research. We'll do our research. We're going to make something happen come March. I think so. I think so. And now, if you can't tell, Austin is starting to be congested and probably sounds like a complete, absolute, her- just a poop shoot right now. Yep. It's okay. Because you know what we have now? It's a new segment I'd like to happily bring to the podcast. It's called Mid-Major Mania. 
couple weeks ago, uh, one of my friends, shout out Jax Maloney, he was on Instagram Live and I tuned in. He apparently lost his fantasy football league and the punishment was to spend the whole day in a, a Waffle House. And I, I didn't catch it fully, but I'm, he was just hammering pancakes. Like he looked deathly ill because he ate so many. He was just like forcing it himself. Yeah, I don't know. I think he had to like eat like so many pancakes his time there. Anyways, when I joined, he shouted out the podcast, which I appreciate. But then he started bashing on me for talking about mid-major teams. He's like, I don't want to hear about these teams, all these low teams that no one cares about. Whoa. And I'm here to tell you. No, well, I'm here to tell you you do. Because it may not be the top 25, the glamorous games, but mid-major basketball, I'd say four out of five days has more electric games than, you know, your top 50 teams in college basketball. And it also has the most hilarious stories. The funniest things happen in these games. So this new segment, Mid-Major Mania, is going to pick out my three, Gary's three, or just the combined three, however we're feeling for the week. Favorite things, funniest things, just the most exciting things that happen in the Mid-Major basketball games. Yep, yep. yep. I've got quite the list because it's been two weeks since we recorded. Uh, So some of these happened way in the past, but... We'll start out with Eastern Illinois guard Kenyon Hodges <laughs> swung at a fan courtside during a game. Dude. Like, in the middle of the game. No. It was when down. his homeboy was putting up a dunk. And he yeah, just... yeah. No. No, it was wild. So, there's less than 10 seconds on the shot clock. And he's standing in the corner, and there's a fan on his side. I don't, You can't really see what the fan says. And he must say something to him. And Kenyon Hodges, as the ball's at the top, he's in the corner. Like, it easily swing to him. He just like casually turns around, walks just very slowly at the fan, and then just winds up a backhand from the floor. <laughs> tries to whip it at the fan. The fan, shout out to him. He pulled back pretty quickly. But no, as you said, that as oh. a kid's dunking it, I need someone to recreate uh, that Dwayne Wade, LeBron picture. You know the assist one? You know what I'm talking? With oh, the, yeah, swinging yeah, at the, the fan and the, the guy OGs. in the background dunking it. How electric would that be? <laughs> Dude, it would be so awesome if they had, like, a better shot from, like, like that yeah, angle. You yeah, know, like, that like front, a fan that right low behind. Angle, uh-huh. It was just the TV angle. A fan has to have that, dude. That would be so classic because he did just wind up, uh-huh. and he sent a so, haymaker while homeboy's just... So this is my oh, favorite part, awesome. though. So, that like, the press time. conference after, obviously, coach comes out. He said he's disciplined internally, which at the time was like, what, what does that mean? So he didn't play the next game against Tennessee State, but then he was in the next game. So one-game suspension for trying to... Knock the lights out of a fan. That's mid-major basketball right there. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we watch it. I'm going to go with Vermont in Maine. Did <laughs> you see this when the game? Too. The game was delayed. Delayed. And I, I, I don't remember how long it, it was. was. I want to say it was like 40 hour, minutes yeah. or something crazy. Like, it was delayed because the baseline was uneven. Oh, my gosh. Now, in baseball, I remember like growing up, going to these tournaments in the chalk lines. Like, you would sometimes get a straight as narrow yeah. chalk line, depending on who did it. Most of the time, it's just a parent doing it, right? So it would be, like, left, right, like it'd be jagged. It was no. like that. The baseline of a hardwood court was, like, as no, jagged no, as I've ever like, seen. The picture yeah, of it like, is so funny. As you're saying, like, baseball, like, that's hand-drawn, I guess you could say. Like, the guy's running the machine. No, this oh, one, yeah. it's like putting a puzzle together. Like Exactly. There's, I guarantee there's, like, a set, like, this panel goes here, and someone messed that up somehow. And then the worst part is they left. They're like, oh, I mean, that looks good enough. It looks like a staircase. Well, that's that's what I love because it's like, like you said, a puzzle. Like, here's the thing is there's no way the no. coaches win any. No, there's, there's no way. They can't. And they finally got it. And then it was, I mean, it was as jagged as a staircase. That was hilarious. But, yeah, they had to take the whole court apart and put it back together for this game to be played. Yeah, shout out to that main guy who won, left it there, and then the crew who got it disassembled and reassembled it in 40 minutes. Like, that's pretty impressive. That's hilarious. Now, Jared, give me your third. Well, there, There's our top two. Let me hear a third for the top three and give me some other Okay, mentions. well, third, this is just pretty sick. Detroit Mur- Detroit Mur- Okay, I'm going to get it this time. Detroit Detroit Mercy star Antoine Davis has a chance to crack Pete Maravich, Pete Pistol Pete's all-time scoring record. He's at 3,482 points, and he needs to hit 3,667 points. So he's like, what's that? Quick math, I'd say like 170. I think that might be close. But anyways, he dropped 41 points uh, last night or on Saturday against Green Bay. So, I mean, if he keeps having games like that, he's going to get there. They've got four games left in the regular season plus – uh, conference tournament, so I think he's got a chance. That'll be super crazy to see if he does. 
A lot of people are hating on him because they say Mer- Maravich did it in only three years, which is true. He was forced to play uh, freshman team, not varsity, his first year in college, which they used to do back in the back in the day. And then there wasn't a three point line back when he played. But like obviously he's handicapped. But I mean, I think this is still way impressive. I don't think people should be downplaying this. This game today is played at a way higher level than it was when Pete played. No disrespect to Pete in any way, but this kid's still almost at thirty five hundred points and. He might be a grad student. We'll say four years. Might need a fact check on that. But that's my third mid-major mania. I like it. I like it. An honorable mention. Okay. You want an honorable mention. UC Davis, UC Santa Barbara, full-out brawl on the court. Like, (laughs) no. No, when we say brawl, it's not like your typical, like, scrip and scrap and, like, you see in sometimes in the NBA and sometimes on college courts. This was he a brawl. He had that brawl. guy by the this throat. Like yeah. Malice he in had the that palace. guy by the throat. Oh, this was it was too, literally they, malice in the palace. It was great. They tackled he him into the fans. Picked him up. Yeah. Slammed there was like him a, into the fans. One of the angles had, like, hard. three old people just lying against the bleachers. They probably got pretty oh, yeah, injured. They, it was kind of classic seeing some of like the people that were sitting on the chairs and like yeah. the chair like folded back over because they got hit. <laughs> no, and then like the close up angle, like one of the coaches was like grabbing the kid's head that his team, I think it was his team, uh, tackled and was like pushing it into the hardwood. Yeah, no, it like, was. Oh my it gosh, was like, like there's some bad blood there. There's oh no, some it bad was a brawl there. It was literally like some malice in the palace type thing. It almost reminded me of that Kansas Kansas State one oh, a few years yeah, back. You know, that, yeah, yeah, right yeah. At the end of the game. Oh, that, those were uh-huh. some haymakers thrown that game too. Man, I can't remember what year that was. So the, if if the fans just look up Kansas versus Kansas State men's college basketball brawl, you'll you'll find it. Like it was right then, literally seconds to go in the game, and I can't I can't. I'm pretty sure Kansas State was just getting yeah. killed. But it was one of them fights. So. Yeah, I like that. So mid-major mania, stay tuned. We'll try to do that once a week. Get you interested in some great basketball and some funny stories along the way. Absolutely. I also just want to bring up in some college basketball news. Chris Beard was he wasn't charged. Well, I guess he was charged with domestic violence and was canned by Texas Mm -hmm. a couple months ago in the season. Those charges were dropped today. Really, I didn't see that. Who's hiring him, Gary? Go. Who's hiring him? New Mexico State. No, I can't oh, say that. God. That's bad. Oh. I can't right. say that. Let's let's <laughs> let's move on. Let's get to our picks. Let's get this. Let's wrap this up. That we're done. We're done. Picks. It's been forever since we've given out picks since we've had a podcast. So hopefully mm-hmm. our fans are still there. Shoot, we might not even have one fan listen to this tomorrow. But I was receiving text from Zach Archibald saying he's going to unsubscribe if we didn't drop soon. So, Archie Zarch, please still stay subscribed. Um. But going way back to, I think it was February 5th or somewhere around that time, Jerry had UAB Moneyline against FAU, which ended up hitting, moving him to 2-2. Two and two. I had JMU minus 3. They ended up against Old Dominion. They ended up winning by 5. That moves me to 4-0. and oh. And the pod had Rice plus 5. That lost. Quick side note, that game was eight. horrible. They shouldn't have lost that game. The ref may or may not have sold, and I'm not trying to blame the refs. It's a pretty low move. But if you go back and watch those highlights, very sketchy call in the ending seconds, which ended up in the coach of Rice getting a technical foul. They were covering the plus three, and within the span of four seconds, they were down eight and didn't have a chance to cover. No excuses. That's my bad. Should have known that ref sucked before the game started. But Yep, yep. Not blaming on anybody note. else. Yep. We'll, take that, we'll take that on us. Yeah. So that moves the pod to two and two. Um, I, I kind of want to give a side note on mine then, too. If you follow us on Twitter, you were given another play from Gary. Monday, the Miami Hurricanes... That one against North Carolina. Keep the points. Keep them points. One outright. At North Carolina. It's all about the U. So not, it's all about the U. So that's a pretty exceptional win for them. I don't know why North Carolina was a five-point favorite. should have been closer to one, but yeah, I'm not weird. Vegas. They knew something I didn't, obviously, which they did. Fair. All right. Well, Quick other with thing. that, let's give you the picks Oh, I, I keep this honest. I keep this track to the dollar so you guys know how much I'm winning and losing. I am now up $25. Hitting it big. And with Go, that, Jared. I'm putting my money in the Mormons. They like tax evasion. I'm pretty sure that just came out about them. So I'm hammering them tomorrow night at home. Forgot who they have. Let me look at this again. Give me a second. There's a lot of games. Versus I'll Santa Clara. Okay. BYU's have... Two horribly tough home losses this year. One against Gonzaga with Strother, and then the other one against St. Mary's, which we touched on again, that Mahaney kid. 
They're not losing another one at home, and they're definitely not losing against Santa Clara. Give me BYU. Oh, that just jumped up to five. I'm pretty sure it's just at three and a half, but I'll still take them. BYU minus five tomorrow night. That's Thursday, February 16th. Gary, who do you like? I like that, Jared. Well, who do you like? I'm going to go in the Pac-12, maybe kind of a weird game. Arizona State Sun Devils. Minus two and a half against the Colorado Buffaloes. Arizona State is three and four in their last four. They did drop their last home game to Oregon, but that doesn't scare me away because I don't have any faith in the Colorado Buffaloes. They started off the season Ooh. actually halfway decent. I was gonna say is the thing. I like the Colorado Buffaloes. Low key. No, they 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 no, they look good at the beginning of the season. I'll I'll give you that. But the month of January kind of failed them. They only had two win, three wins, sorry, in the month of January out of eight games. They started February not looking too bad, 2-1, and one, but they're on the road at Arizona State. Like we said before, going on the road is tough in conference play, no matter the conference. Mm-hmm. Give me Arizona State Sun Devils minus 2.5. Love it. And I think this was a unanimous decision by us. We're going to go there again, another road team, but it's Purdue. Like I said earlier, two-game road losing streak. They're not losing three. I don't think so. They're playing a Maryland squad that's so inconsistent, has so many flaws. I expect Purdue to find those flaws and kind of respond to having two road losses. So give us Purdue minus one and a half at Maryland. We're going to back that by saying we know Maryland is four out of their last five. And six games ago, they did play Purdue at Purdue and only lost by three. Mm -hmm. I just think Purdue's going to Maryland's also lost to Michigan and UCLA by like 30. So as I'm saying, inconsistent. They're playing hot. And Purdue they're is due for coming a, out fiery. They're due for a fault, and Purdue's due for a win. So Purdue minus one and a half. Love it, love it. Trivia. I gave the last time before the Super Bowl was, and it was the first black quarterback to start and win a Super Bowl. That was Doug Williams of the Washington Redskins in '88 against Elway and the Broncos. Uh, in that game, Broncos jumped out to a 10-0 lead. Then Williams hyperextended his knee. He missed the next drive, but then came back in. Finishing with 340 yards, four tuds, and a 42-10 to 10 route wow. of the Denver Broncos and giving him the MVP. Probably the last time Washington won it. No, I don't say anything. <laughs> but with Super Bowl being over now, um, I'm sure I have one more trivia question for that because I kind of like that. What are the two black quarterbacks who have won the Super Bowl MVP since Doug Williams did it? Give you a hint. Patrick Mahomes just did it for the second say, time. Didn't he just get it? Oh, so yeah, and he's one Patrick of two. Holmes is one of two. Yep, that's his second. Yep. So, Patrick Holmes is one of two. Who was the other one? Stay tuned. We will have an episode Tuesday, not Monday next week. Yep. Right, Jer? Because you will be hitting the slopes. Going down to Utah to do some skiing with some friends. Monday is a holiday. We get it off at school, so I'll be in Utah. Gary doesn't get it off at work, though. Yeah, sorry, Gary. But we'll record so. Monday night when I get back. Have an episode out next Tuesday and then hopefully get back on the schedule of Monday, Thursday podcast yep. drops. So Tuesday Tuesday will be the next episode. That's episode four for you. Wrap it up in the books. I'll leave you with this. Tiger Woods is back. He's playing this weekend. This weekend. The do you say it Genesis? I think it is Genesis. Mm-hmm. I think. Invitational. First round in seven months. I'm ready for it. Tiger's back. He came out and said he wouldn't be playing if he didn't think he can win it. And every time he says it, I just still think he can win it. So stay tuned. Watch the GOAT come back. All right. Great episode, Gare. Zoom meeting's about to kick us out. It's a perfect time to end. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. See you Tuesday. Tuesday.